0: It's good to be with church this morning. Great to have our guys through online. And uh, so if you are, I'm going to say, if you, you, you're not going to hear me. But if you are in this room and you want to go to our toddler's room, then please feel free. I have made it my decision, as, as much as it's within my sphere of influence, that we will have a live link through there. If, it's, if we can do, we will get sound and vision but I want at least sound through there so that people don't have to go through there and just be excluded from the service. We want to make sure that people are included wherever you are in the building. But give us space to work on that. Hopefully, we'll get it done this week. Team are now prepped to make that happen. Are you team? Our tech team, hopefully. But hope you're enjoying the sun. I, this is more like Australia for me. I spent a couple of years in Australia. I was out there uh, doing some water skiing and surfing and uh, some, lots of other things um, that I probably shouldn't have been doing at my age, but it was great. But this feels more like Australia than snowy Canada that I'm promised. I'm more at home in the snow. I've, I, I'll keep saying that till the snow comes, and then I'll probably feel like, what the heck have I done? But uh, my wife, again, sends her love. I'll probably do that every single week, just so you know and you're thinking of her. For those of you that keep, continue asking me about the house, there's no news. I'm not frustrated, not in the slightest. I'm not grinding my teeth and losing sleep over it. I, I am, by the way. But uh, yeah, please continue to pray for us. But So this week sort of been an acclimatization for Imani and I just getting used to being in the office and being around Saskatoon. I now know know without Apple Maps how to get from my house to the church and how to get from my house to Brent's house and Brent's house back to the church because this week we've sort of been looking after the dog. I say that but really Imani wanted to see the kittens every single day so we made the excuse of going to... Let the dog out. So that's about all I know at the moment. But uh, it's, been, uh, it's been great hearing some of the great reports coming back from our youth uh, drop-in and just seeing what God's been doing there. Where, where's John? Is John around? I'm going to steal his thunder, I think. I think John just told me this brief story. About he was at the doctor's to get that continuing rash that he talks about nonstop, seeing too. Uh, did the cream work, John? Did it? I hope it did. Um, but anyway, he was, it was a joke. It was a joke, okay. But he was at the, the doctor's, I think, to get his vaccination, and uh, a woman said, oh, I saw, I saw your name on the list, and I just wanted to come and say thank you for the youth drop-in. It's been fantastic for my daughter. And how amazing is it that when we go into our world on a Monday and, and during the week, that we're actually taking something of God with us, and it's impacting the world around us. Our church is becoming known. I want, us, I want us to become known more than the, just the, did you know that we're known as the ABC building? Because what people see is literally ABC entrances as they drive past. They don't, they don't even see circle drive on that beautiful sign that's obscured by two amazing trees. Like, they, they probably thought it was a really good idea when we planted those really small trees and they look quite cute, don't they? And, and suddenly they're not small anymore, they pretty much cover the whole sign. So if you've got a chainsaw, I don't need to know the details. Are you ready to come around the Word of God? Let's stand as we pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that we're in your house. Thank you that we are your people and we've come around, we've worshipped, we've prepared our hearts for your word. And I pray for every single person, God, here today, that they will be mesmerized, not by my words, but by your word. I pray for those of us that just need something from you this week. God, that you will drop something into our heart, whether it's from one of the songs that we've sung, whether it's from a word of encouragement by someone at the door or whether it's by the word of God as we, as we give it today. Pray for those of you that don't know Jesus yet, whether you're in this building or whether you're watching through online. I pray that something in this room going through online will draw your attention to our amazing Jesus. Cause your hearts to be open to what he wants to say to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Why don't you grab your seats? So for those of you that don't know, I probably shouldn't have put ice in there that comes through the mic, so I apologize for that. But my name is Jonathan... Not John. Jonathan... Stephen, with a PH, not a V. Jonathan Stephen Cook. My middle name is after my dad, and uh, I appreciate that. Missing my mum and dad, and my mum, probably as she watches this a bit later on, will immediately start crying. Um, that's what she does. But I was a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a geek at school. And so I changed my name to John because I thought it was a. I'm getting a lot of feedback up here. If we could get rid of that, that would help. I thought John was a bit cooler. You know, Jonathan, it was what my mum called me and still does. And I, I, I actually really like that now. But everyone knows me as John. I thought John was cooler than Jonathan, but it actually didn't change me, it just changed my name. And names are important, aren't they? I, I did a Google search on some interesting names. So there, they are, there are the Stinks brothers, Joe Stinks and Charlie Stinks. Quite unfortunate names for those guys. But there are even more unfortunate. And you've got to question parents when they do this. There is Hog, first name Ima. It gets worse. There's the leg brothers, Seymour and Harry. Now, you may think this is made up. It is not. These are real names given to real people by incredibly unaware or stupid parents. <laughs> Do you want to hear some more? Space Center Jones. Th- this Now this, OK, has got to be the dumbest mistake ever 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 first name Peter last name file yeah it's taken you a little while to get it oh yeah I wouldn't now in some countries certain names are bad in Switzerland you're not allowed to name your child after a product Chanel is illegal as is Mercedes and also Judas, by the way. In Sweden, you cannot name your child Metallica, Superman, or Ikea. In Germany, you cannot name your child Matty. I don't know why. I've got no idea. Uh, Adolf Hitler or Osama bin Laden. In France, I love this one. In France, you cannot name your child Nutella. I think that's a mistake. I'd love a child called Nutella. Uh, in wales now the thing is again when you think about this this is these are made illegal because someone obviously tried to name their children these names in wales you're not allowed to name your child cyanide in mexico you're not allowed to name your child robocop in bc this is a bit wider but in bc you cannot name anything that will cause embarrassment or distress to your child. I'm not sure what that would be, because it's quite wide. But in America, you can pretty much name your child anything you like. And, uh, you know, for many of us, it's not the dumb names. It's the association of names. We, As a parent, when we're thinking about naming our child, often... A name of of someone, or a a name that we may like, we associate with a person, and we wouldn't name our child after someone that we don't like. We associate behaviors and feelings to a name so often. And and we think about, how did did that person make me feel? And we associate those feelings with the person whose name it is. So if you want a a second title for today, because our first title of the series is God is. But I guess a, an offshoot, offshoot of that would be say my name. Because a name in the Bible is, is more than something that was just chosen because we like the sound of it. Like Tinkerbell or Apple, which seems to be you know what their superstars are naming their children's children at the moment. A name establishes an identity. So what does, what does a family name say about you? What does the name Trudeau, or Ronaldo, or Woods, or Trump, or Bieber, or Gretzky say about you? It establishes something in people's thinking. So it establishes an identity with other people. It associates you with someone else. So a name establishes an identity, but it also establishes an authority. I don't know if you know the name Kirsten Hillman, but she is our Canadian ambassador to the US. You see, she represents us to the United States. Her name is associated with the authority of the US. It shows who we we represent and whose authority we come in. A name also establishes a reputation and character. When we say, when we D and I say something, say our children's names. We say something over their lives. So we chose names that we like, but we also chose names that actually says something over their lives. And in the Bible, God often changed people's names to establish a new character, a new identity over them. He changed Jacob's name to Israel. Jacob, which sort of means supplanter or liar or someone who takes the place of another, which is what Jacob tended to do then God said, no, I'm going to call you Israel. God prevails. Abraham means exalted father, but God changed it. While he was still in his situation childless, he changed it to Abraham, which means father of many. Simon, which means herd. Jesus changed to Peter, which means rock. When we... And we see that, we, we realize that names in the Bible are so important. As I said earlier, that we chose our children's names. Imani, who is here with us, we chose a Swahili name for many reasons. Because we love particularly Tanzania, but we loved being in Africa. And we chose a name that means faith or hope in Swahili. Judah means praised in Hebrew. Teya means gift of God in Greek. We name our name. We name our children with names that said something over their lives. Each time we say it, they may not realize it, but we're speaking something over their lives. And the other reason is, when you pick a name for a child, you also have to think about how does that sound when I shout it. As a parent, we do, don't we? Taya Imani, Judah. So it says something. It's, it's got to be a name that you can shout at the child. You see, it's only the parents that are going, yeah, I know what he's saying now. But it's true. So, how do we know God? Our theme, God is, is to help us over these next couple of months, really, get to know God. And God is. Today, the theme is God is Lord. But how do we know God? So we need to know his names. And we need to know who God is because the more we know who he is, the more we can trust him. And over the past couple of months, I've been talking about us trusting God. My prayer at the moment in the middle of our circumstances is that, God, I want to know you more so that I can trust you more. I don't understand why our house hasn't sold, but I've got to trust God's timing in this. See, if you if you meet someone, you may trust them with a a loony or a toony. Is that right? Am I getting there? Yeah, $1 or $2. We may trust them with that because it, it doesn't mean a lot to me. And you don't need to know them to trust them, maybe even with $5. I could, because you can afford to lose that. And so my question to all of us is, what's our, what's our level of trust? How do we know what our level of trust is? And often it's that thing that we hold most precious to us, isn't it? Money. We go to where it hurts the most. See, it's, it's the area that money, and I'm not going to talk about money. It's okay. You can calm down. We'll come to that a bit later. I know some, some of you are starting to sweat. It's, he's going to ask for money today. No, I'm not. But I want to talk about it in terms of trust. You see, the area that Jesus states you have to choose your master is money. What would happen if God told you to give away $10? $10. Now, for most of us, there might be a few of us in the building that say, well, that's that's a lot of money to me. But for most of us, you'd probably trust God enough to say, I can trust you in that. I can afford to give that away and it not impact my life too much. What about $100? Now, there's a few more of you starting to sweat a bit, and I'm not sure I could do that. What about your car? What if God said, I want you to give away your car? See, that's, that then begins to really hurt, doesn't it? It begins to go where, do I trust you enough? Do I tr- Not only do I trust God enough, but do I trust my understanding of God's voice enough? See, oh. <coughs> let me just get a hand held. Thank you. Our God is a God who can and wants to be known. Not just so that we can know how vast and how great he is. Yes, that's part of it. But he wants to be known so that we can trust him. So that we can come to him with our needs and our wants as, as, as we're commanded. But also when he speaks to us so that we can know I trust you at your word, God. himself through jesus i love i love this quote from brian zand pastor in the u.s he says god is like jesus god has always been like jesus there has never been a time when god was not like jesus we've not always known what god is like but now we do See, if you want to know God more, if you want to know the character of God more, yes, read his word. But read what Jesus did. Read how he interacted with people. Read how he treated people. Read how he treated the low people. Read how he treated those that had nothing, that they could give nothing in return to him. But God's names reveal who he is to us. God God defines who he is, not us. Can I I be clear on that? Because there's a lot of stuff in the world. There's a lot of people, and maybe some of us at different stages have done this as well. We want to define who God is. Yeah, but if, if God was, then he would, or if God was, then he wouldn't. Have you ever heard someone say that, or have you ever said that yourself or thought it? Come on. I think most of us have thought it at some stage or other. If God loved me, then he would have sold our house a while ago. See, God defines who he is, not us. And his word, as we see his names as we as we read and get to know his names, they define who he is. Too many of us want God to fit into my box. And often we make God in my image just a bit bigger, don't we? But God defines who he is. And as we as we get to know him as we come to know him through his word and through his names and His character, we come to trust him more and more. And we get to the stage, and I'm not suggesting that any of you do this unless you have a clear word from God. We would get to the stage where we hear God's word so clearly. And we trust him so much that we would be willing to give a car away. That we would be willing to give $1,000 away if he asked us. And we're called to love him. I love this, this thought, to be fully human. We have to live in deep abiding relationship with both God and our fellow humans. See, we're called to love God and as, as we love God and he loves us, we become more and more fully human. Jesus said the two greatest commandments, which are in essence just one commandment really, love God and love people. And as we get to know God, as we trust him, And as we understand that his character, part of his character is love, and we'll come back to that in a few weeks' time, but as we understand his love for us, we begin to understand that we can love him more and we can actually love each other more and more. Psalm Psalm 9, verse 10, says, as we we come to a place, sorry, it says this, those who know your name will trust you. And we need to come to a place where we can trust God. And know God through his names. It's been said that God has many names but no name. There's not one name that could ever contain the full character of God. So that we could, we could say, yeah, that's his name and therefore we trust him because of that. No, no. There's much more that we need to understand about God. And God through his word and through, through many different ways comes to us and reveals himself to us in ways that we can understand. I'm going to try and get this word right. I get it wrong nearly every time I say it. God anthropomorphizes himself to us. It means that he reveals himself to us in in human characteristics. They don't contain him, but it helps us understand who he is. It's been said that the Bible was written in the language of the known. So it doesn't talk about computers because they weren't known then. It was written in a language that people knew and understood. And we then need to go, okay, well, how did they, how did they read what the Bible says and helps us understand who God is? We understand concepts of the judge. We understand concepts of, of things like a female bear, the protection of a female bear robbed of her cubs. We understand husband, a nursing mother, a king. A mother eagle, faithfulness, mercy, love. All of these are characteristics that God reveals himself to us through his word. Really, I just want to leave us with one thought today. I want to look at how we first meet God and then how we next meet God. In Genesis 1 verse 1, it says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Great. Great. Many of us may have read that at some stage or the other. And that word God, it, it, you know we say it so often, but Elohim is the word that's used. And that really doesn't reveal any of the characteristics of God. It doesn't reveal who God is in ways that we can understand. It's just God, the supreme being, the almighty God, the creator. That's how God first is introduced to us. Not really in a way that we can understand because that word contains so much for us. But it's just almighty God. Then in Genesis 2 verse 4, we read this. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. That's that word that some of you might have heard, Yahweh. We don't even know that it's that. Because all we have are the vowels. But that's what we can sort of surmise, that's it. And that's a a different way of God revealing himself. That implies lordship. So we meet him firstly as the almighty God, the creator. But then there is the Lord, the Lord God. But then we come to Genesis 15. And we're, we're getting into the story of Abraham. Are you still with me? Give me a wave. Fantastic. I'm still awake. It's good. But this is really interesting. You see, God reveals for the first 14 or so chapters of the Bible, God is just revealed as Almighty and Lord. But then we meet Abraham. And Genesis 15 verse 2 says this, But Abraham said, O Sovereign Lord. Now, for us as we read it, as I read the Bible, it just looks the same. It's the same, isn't it? That word, Lord. Oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. Now, there's some details in there that at the moment we don't really need to take note of. But Abraham says, oh, sovereign Lord. We've already met him as Elohim. We've met him as Yahweh, Lord. But this is so interesting. Abraham says, Adonai. See, we've gone from the supreme being who's out there, no no direct relationship. But then we come to Yahweh, Lord. This implies relationship. But then Abraham says, my Lord. There's this direct relationship. Abraham, Abraham is saying, I have a relationship with this Elohim, supreme being. I have a relationship with Yahweh, Lord. I have, in fact, He's not just out there. He's here. He's my Lord. And when we begin to read the, read the words of the, of the Bible and we begin to introduce God, there's this bringing in. The Word of God introduces God out there. Then He's there. And then Abraham says, My Lord, Adonai. And there's this closeness that's implied as Abraham talks to him. See, for me personally, I met God a long time ago. Some of you have heard a bit of my testimony. My parents, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad became a pastor in Newfoundland and then went back to the UK and has been a pastor ever since that time. So I met God a long, long time ago. I knew Jesus as a friend the one thing I didn't know God as was Yahweh. I'd not made him Adonai, my Lord. I knew him as a friend. I knew him as a supreme being out there. But for many, many years, I didn't know him as Lord. Many of us do meet Jesus. We meet Jesus as our Savior, don't we? He, he takes away our sin. He, he brings us into relationship. But the problem that many of us have and this is my life, is that I knew him as a friend, I knew him as a savior, but it took me a long time to make him my Lord. That implies that that I came under his will, that I submitted my will to his will. During World War II, General Douglas MacArthur effectively took an army in and saved the Philippines. he was able to save them because of the position and power that he held as a four-star general of the United States Army. But to the people of the Philippines at that time, MacArthur was not their general, nor were they required to submit to him as their general. They only needed to accept him as their savior for that period of time. He was their savior, but he didn't need to become their lord. And I think many of us have that same thing about Jesus. I'll make him my savior. I'll 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 accept the love and the grace and the forgiveness he gives, but I just want to keep him slightly at arm's length. But Abraham declared, "Adonai, God is my lord." And I want to challenge every single one of us as we look at our lives, as we take a look at, what's my relationship with God like? Is he For some of us, he's an out there Yahweh. He's Lord, but, but not really relational. Maybe for some of us, he's our Savior, but we haven't made him our Lord. We haven't submitted ourselves to him yet. See, the Philippine... Filipino people needed a savior, but they didn't need a lord. And I think maybe we think of ourselves in the same way. But God calls us to make him lord. Over a few years, I've tried to lose a bit of weight. I've tried to exercise a bit more. And I've got a great friend back in the UK called Spider. And uh, we call him Spider because he loves Spider-Man. He's, he's an incredible uh, physical trainer and, and personal trainer, and he's a great nutritionist as well. And so I sort of talked to him and, and uh, read in some of his blogs and lots of things, and, and, and you know he kept telling me, you need, you're doing all this training, you're doing all this running, you need to change your diet. Now, I wanted a savior. I didn't want a Lord. How dare he tell me to change my life to achieve the goals that I wanted to? I actually began, had to realize, you know, Spider, he didn't care what I did, but he was telling me what I should do. God's different. He cares what we do. But he still wants the best outcome for us when we make him our Lord. Too many of us want to be different, but we still want to hold on to those areas of our life that we don't want to make him Lord over. Making the Lord our Lord means it's not about me anymore. It's not about my will. The great thing is that often God will will give us our wants as well as our needs, not all the time, in the same way that a parent won't meet a child's every want. If you do, that's a problem. But they will meet their needs. As we make God our Lord, our lives are not our own. 1 Corinthians 6 says this, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God you are not your own you were bought with a price therefore honor God with your bodies now i know that's talking physically what we do with our bodies but the principle is also there about what we do with our lives what we do with our money what we do with our relationships what we do with our work god is saying it's not about you we are not self sufficient we're not self-sufficient as individuals or even as a church. We are part of a larger denomination, but we are also part of a body that is across geography and across time. We are not alone in this. Revelation 3, which is a, a message to, to some of the churches, the early churches. and there's a really, one of the saddest messages is to the Laodicean church, and Jesus says to them, "You think you've got everything you need?" You think, you say you're rich. You, you think you have it all. You've got all the tech team, you've got all the lights, you've got all the band, you've got the online presence. You say you've got it all, but in reality, you've got nothing. And I'm not saying that's us, but it's never about some of these things. We use them as tools, and they are great, and I love them, but it is not. If we think we have everything, then we have a problem. Jesus actually says to the church, you make me want to vomit. That's pretty harsh stuff, isn't it? Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Oh, he's lovely, isn't he, Jesus? No, he says, you make me, want, you make me sick. That's pretty harsh words. But he says this as well, come back to me. Rely on me. Make me your Lord. When we, when we know him as the Lord, but he's not my Lord... You see, our our walk can often be subject to our preferences, what we feel. And often taking the unstable influence of the world around us. We look at what's happening at the moment in the world and everything is changing so rapidly. Opinions are changing. Society is changing. And we need to come back to what's the stable thing, the yesterday, today and forever. That is Adonai, my Lord. Did you know that soldiers in the Crusades, which are a blight on Christianity, I may say. But soldiers in the Christianity, when they were baptized into the faith, they would be baptized, but they would hold their swords out of the water. And they were saying, everything about me is subject to the lordship of Jesus, apart from what I do with my fighting arm. Now, you think, well, that's, that's not very good, is it? let me ask each one of us the challenge for each one of us what are we holding aloft to say God I give you everything apart from this aspect of my life it's gone awfully quiet my name is John I love you I'm with you on this because I've got to look at my life and say what have I held aloft outside of baptism which is dying to self what have I held out of Adonai, my Lord. You see, your family is not your own. Your tongue is not your own. As I talked about last week, do our words evoke the beauty in others? Now, they don't always. We get it wrong. What you do with your sexuality is not your own. It comes under the lordship of God. We don't choose, as we've just read in Corinthians, we don't choose what we do with our bodies anymore. It's my body, I can do what I like. Again, it's gone very quiet out there. Your finance is not your own to do with as you please. It is Adonai. Forgiveness is not an option. We have submitted ourselves to Adonai. It means that we've given Adonai permission to make us more like him. 1 Corinthians 13. Such a well-known passage. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. You see... I wish that was like me. But when I say Adonai, do you know what I'm doing? I'm giving Adonai permission to make me more like that. Now that's a tough thing. Because do you know the way that God often puts us and makes us more like him is to put us with people that are least like that. Obviously that's the person that you're sat next to. And I I, I love that Derek has been brought into my life for such a time as this. You know, he is least like this, and he's helping me become more like Jesus. I have to be patient with him. I have to be kind with him. (laughs) Yes, and if you haven't got that person in your life, you are probably that person to someone else. (laughs) See, when we truly say Adonai, it's not about us, it becomes about him. I want to ask... What have we made him in our life? Is he our provider, healer, father, friend? Yes, he's all those things. But have we made him our Lord, our Adonai? Have we said to him and given him full permission to be my Lord? We were created for relationship. God's God's not distant. When we first meet him, yes, he's distant, but he uses his word to bring himself closer to us. Why would you not want to make Yahweh into Adonai? When we make him Lord, he takes everything that we have, every aspect of our life and makes us more like him. And he paid the ultimate price on the cross to become Emmanuel, God with us. I love how God starts out there. Then he comes closer with Yahweh. Then he comes even closer with Adonai, but ends up being Emmanuel, God with us. See, if you want to know God, he reveals himself so clearly through his word. Our purpose is found in relationship with God and outworked in relationship with each other. But have we made the Lord, my Lord, and then God with us? Yahweh is not satisfied with staying Yahweh. He wants to become Adonai. He wants to become Emmanuel, God with us. Yahweh can still be Yahweh even in our sin, but he becomes Adonai and Emmanuel through Jesus. Names are so important, aren't they? As we, as we unpack some of the names of God, the God who sees, the God who hears, the God who heals, the God who provides. As we unpack these, I pray my prayer as a pastor is not that you become more knowledgeable, but that we become closer to God. And the closer to God, the more we know him and the more we trust him. That, that's my prayer. Can I pray with you? Why don't we bow our heads right now? Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you reveal yourself so clearly at times to us. God, you're not satisfied with being out there as a supreme being. You want to be in here with us. God with us, Emmanuel, Adonai. I Pray for those people that are listening online, watching online. God, I pray that you, even in these moments, will reveal yourself to them as well, as well as those that are here in the room. Pray for those people that just need to hear, God is with you. God is not distant. God is near. Can I say that again? Because I completely believe that there are one or two people in this room, maybe this weekend and maybe even online, that you felt the distance of God. You felt the Elohim of God. Yes, He's out there, the creator, the being. You haven't lost sight of that. what you need to know more than ever today right in this moment you don't need to know Elohim you don't need to know Elohim you need to know Emmanuel God with us pray that God will have revealed himself through just this short time that we've had together Amen I'd love every head to be bowed every eye to be closed just for a moment again this is that time when we when we engage particularly with those that have never made Jesus their Lord. You may have heard about him, you may be in this room, maybe for the first time, you may be watching online for the first time, and the only thing you know about Jesus is the name that you've heard at Christmas and Easter, but I want to extend an invitation, an invitation to come in, an invitation to to be part of the family, an invitation to have a relationship with Emmanuel, God with us. If you're already a follower of Christ, can I I ask you, don't zone out at this moment. Don't think this is for someone else. This is a time for you to pray because I can guarantee you are in this room in a relationship with Jesus because someone prayed for you, possibly even in a moment like this. Pray for those people in this room and online that are listening to this right now. Stay engaged with this. But you're here and you're saying, I want to know this, Jesus. I want to take that first step on the road that many of these people have already done. I'm going to ask you in a moment, just to simply put your hand in the air. That will be for me, helps me know that someone here is saying yes to Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you're, you're a person, Jesus tells a parable, calls it the, the parable of the prodigal son, the wasteful son who goes away he squanders what he had and he steps out of the family. Maybe that's your story. But you're here watching and part of church online or you're here in church and you're saying, yeah, that's me. I've gone away. I've stepped out of the family. But there's a, there's a phrase. And it just gets me every time I read it and it says, he came to his right mind. I love that. He came to his right mind. Maybe that's your experience this morning. You're saying, yeah, I've... I've come to my right mind. I'm so much better off and I want to extend that invitation for you to come home. There's another group that I love speaking to as well and this is more the younger people in the church. You've grown up in church and your parents are Christians but right now God is somehow, I, I say speaking to you but it's almost for me it's like that sick feeling. It's that twisting of the gut. That's how I know God is speaking to me and he's saying to you, it's you. I want you I love your family, but I want you. I want to be Emmanuel to you. And you're part of that group. So if you're in any of those groups, you're saying yes to Jesus simply. Why don't you stick your hand in the air? I'd love to see that. And then we're going to pray. Maybe if you're online right at this moment and you're you're seeing that, you'll see a, a thing come up in the chat and it says, welcome, come back to, fa- to the family or I can't even remember what it is, but there's something there saying I'm raising my hand who in this room is saying yes to Jesus right now if you are thank you that's fantastic thank you saying yes to Jesus thank you that's awesome it's not the hand that's going in the air it's the heart that's reaching out to Jesus right at the moment okay i'm going to pray i'm going to say a simple prayer and as every head is bowed You don't have to pray along with me, but you can just pray in your heart this prayer. Dear God, I come to you now and I give you my life. I want to make you my Lord. I ask for forgiveness of my sin. I ask you to come into my life. And from this moment forward, I am now a follower of Christ. Amen. 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 You know, one of the things that we're doing is when people make a decision to follow Jesus, we're going to celebrate because heaven's already celebrating. So why don't we raise a cheer, raise a clap for the people that have made a decision both in the room and online if you've already done that. Incredible. I pray that we would never, ever take for granted what's just happened here. People have